What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. Welcome back to this awesome platform that you guys have allowed me to have to support you, to pour into you, to encourage you, and I'm so thankful to have you. And I want to thank all of the listeners for showing up each week, twice a week, to listen or watch these episodes. It means the world to me, but also our guests are here to pour into you. But it's also great that you support them. And I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Gratitude is such a big part of my life. So thank you for that. Today, I have Jesse Krieger live from Las Vegas here in my, stu- not really here in my studio, but virtually on my, on my screen here. Jesse is a serial entrepreneur, publisher for The Passionate, and founder of Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. He believes it's possible to change the world with your words. He's been featured in Business Insider, Wall Street Journal, The New York Times. We were just talking about dropping bombs with Bradley, my, my guy. And also now featured on the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, C-Rock. What's up, Jesse? What's up, C-Rock? Excited to be here, man. Hey, you know, I, I got to tell you, I am I did fasted cardio today. It's the craziest thing. And I didn't eat. I'm, I'm fasting today until dinner. And I do this once in a while. And I have more energy now with no food in me than, than I usually do. It's crazy. It's amazing. Have and you the ever mental fasted? clarity, too, that kicks in. Yeah, yeah, it's wild, man. And I, I don't even have hunger pains or anything, but I, because I usually eat by like probably five hours ago and I just, I feel great right now. So, That's anyway, good energy. Yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, we always start the same way. This question right here what are you made of? You know, I'm made of a, a lot of words and a lot of entrepreneurial experience. If I take those two together, maybe put a soundtrack to it, it's kind of the story of my life for the last 20 years. From being in music industry and having a rock band and touring, fast forward to being an author and now working with authors from a publishing perspective, I see it all connected as part of a journey of leaning into and pouring into people, but also being an amplifier for their unique message and their unique brilliance that we help bring out um, to the world. So I'm made of the space in between the lines on the books that we publish. and plant the seeds of possibility and then nurture them. So I guess Love that's it. what I do. I, I just published my book uh, last, it dropped last May. so almost a year ago. Rocket Fuel. And yeah, Rocket Fuel, become, uh, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable. I went through the process, didn't know what the hell I was doing. Truthfully, I leaned on a lady named Carolyn who has a, a boutique publishing company. I met her through the 10X community. And she kind of guided me through it, but I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I was just pushing through it. And I don't know if I want to do it again. <laughs> no, it's not, because, it's not because of Carolyn. It's not because of anything like that. The one thing that got me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is the editing process and having to read it over and over oh, yeah. and over again. I got so sick of my story. <laughs> so do you, have you experienced that right in your books? And then how do you push your authors through that? 
hundred percent. I mean, you put your finger on one of the most important aspects of writing and publishing a book, which is at some point it's not fresh and exciting from your perspective as the author. But I find that that's an important threshold because if you can cross it and still treat your book as something that's valuable and that can help readers, you're no longer in the story. And once you start to extract yourself from what is very much your story that's in the book, then that can have the transformational impact without you being involved. But that's a difficult process to navigate because it means pouring over, or it can mean pouring over the same thing. I often find that the final five to 10% of finishing a manuscript easily can take the same amount of time as writing the first 90%, writing the actual book. But that ironing out of the final five, 10%, one thing is that that's what separates it from just being an also ran kind of glorified marketing brochure versus being a real book that you're going to be proud of for, you know, over time. And I think that's the goal as well, because once it's done, it's done. So there's light at the end of the tunnel, but the final five to 10% can be agonizing. And you're not alone if you feel that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other thing was that I started marketing the book probably six months before it was released. A lot of people don't do that. And I'll have you speak to that in a second. But, but like I, I got, by the time the book was released, I was like, you know, that we, you're supposed to be celebrating the launch, right? And I was like, man, this ain't no big deal. I've just been, I've been marketing this thing for six months. And I, you know, I sold, I think, first time author. Nobody really knew who I was prior. And I sold 1,200 copies before it was even launched. That's a, that's a very respectable number. I mean, I'll jump in and say that you, know, you, you did it right. And from a publishing perspective, most of the game is played before the release date, especially when you've got retail and distribution involved. You know, we're presenting books six months in advance of the release. So like it's March right now. We just got done previewing our September and October titles. And so that's the timeline that retail's working on. But like you mentioned, Mike, right? If you're promoting months in advance and driving pre-sales, that's your ticket to getting good chart placement, but also getting a bunch of orders and support from retailers and from the, the book community. So yeah, well, I I did it all through landing page too. So all pre-sale landing page. I don't know if there was other ways to do it. I just I just go. I just go. <laughs> and then we figure it out as we go. And I'm sure there's things that markers that I missed. Even now, there's probably stuff I could do after the fact. After somebody publishes a book, like a year later, are there things that people can do? Oh yeah. So I mean, well, you've got a great, you've got a platform with your podcast. Like some of our consistently well-selling authors, they've got either an active community, whether that's Facebook or group or somewhere else, or they've got a platform like a YouTube channel or a podcast. As they have that regular touch point, and as that audience grows, like you're doing it right with the book sitting right behind you. As long as in each episode or in each touch point, you make a mention, hey, if you haven't gotten your copy of Rocket Fuel yet, don't forget to pick it up. It's available wherever books are sold. You're going to learn this, 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 and that. So you plug your book within the way that you're already connecting with your audience. That's one thing. But the other is I always recommend, and we advise our authors, to create a mini funnel. So like five to seven emails that you could either give sample chapters uh, on the front end. So start reading Rocket Fuel right now but then unpack the story, why I wrote this book, what you're going to learn and why it's valuable. Here's what so-and-so said after reading it and how it changed their life. And then two other things where you're really unpacking the story and building intrigue to read the book while always pointing, hey, get your copy to keep reading here. 
And having a little funnel like that, that is where you send most people to, especially once the book is out, that's the on-ramp to discover the book, to learn about you, and then decide if they want to go further and become a podcast subscriber or hire you or, or you know, do business in some other way. So Right. Love it. Love enough. it. Love it. Yeah. We're using it now for... Uh, we're doing a challenge right now. Just I coach real estate agents and uh, coach a lot of different businesses, but right now we're focused on real estate agents and uh, we're giving it away is a bonus in you know, our package, our stack. So, you know, it's just another thing that we can add into there as well. So enough about me, man. Let's talk about you. So where did you come from? Tell us a um, story. I was born in San Francisco, two blocks from Haight-Ashbury. Grew up in the Northern Bay Area, right near Silicon Valley. I probably was one of the first generation to have a, a computer. I had a Macintosh and an internet connection in the home from a young age. So I grew up five, six years old with a Apple Macintosh and a dial-up internet. And I loved the internet and technology from a young age, but I also loved music and literature. And those became the three threads of my life, starting online businesses, writing a book, working with authors, and also having a band and a record label as uh, age 21 to 24, 25. So it's been a fun run. I mean, I think the, the hallmark of it all is I'm always pouring into like what I'm passionate about at that time and thinking, how can I convert that into both a revenue stream and an opportunity, whether it's to travel, learn something new, make a connection, form a partnership. And I think that's a fun game to play. Like I try and follow that with like joy, right? And if, yeah. if you're happy and you can be grateful for the opportunities that arise, it's a pretty good way to live. And, and damn right. Spoiler alert, it brings more opportunities to your doorstep when you proceed that way, right? Yep. Yep. Now let's go back into uh, back in the day though. What adversities did you run into as maybe as a child or a teenager or into your twenties? Like what kind of things did you have to overcome? And what are the kind of things that were like catalysts that built you to who you are today? Sure. Well, and I'll give you two examples then. One in the earlier stage, my I mentioned band and record label. My first business at age 21 was creating a record label for our rock band, which was called Harsh Krieger. Music's on Spotify, YouTube, you can find it wherever. Good stuff. But that was my first foray into business, volunteering to run the record label side so that our band could release an album, tour, and do all that. It ended up working out. We had music on like 300 radio stations, MTV, and played shows in 10 plus states. But it was a difficult go, meaning I was learning everything on the fly, 12-hour days, you know, the other band didn't want to be involved in the business. So I ended up doing pretty much all that. But also it was, it was tricky to hire and manage people 10 years older than me. I overcame things like, wow, like why are they taking direction from me? Which brought up, do I even know what I'm doing? And I was like, <laughs> I, to be honest, I don't know if I do, but I'm doing it anyways. Right. Yep. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Do it anyways. We talk about this all the time. That's our phrase, man. Yeah. Besides what you made of, it's like, do it anyway. So I love that you just said that, but yeah, that's, and you had imposter syndrome, right? Is what you're explaining, right? Yeah. This early example is I put a crazy amount of pressure on myself, whether that's right or wrong. I was like, look, I'm starting a record label. I'm in a band instead of being in college at age 21, in 2021. So I was like, I got to make this work. I'm just going to feel like an idiot. I'm going to look like an idiot. And then I'm going to have to go back and start over after having failed. So that's what's looping right in my mind. Wow having 10, 12 hour days of writing songs, recording, rehearsing, meeting with booking agents, doing a media plug. So it's, 
I love how you said that as well. It's like, do it anyways is, okay, if I'm feeling that or if I'm looping some self-defeating narrative, I'm still showing up and doing what I need to be doing. And then over time, as we built some actual results, then we can stand on those, right? So once we had music on radio, once we had our, once we started doing a tour, then it's like, okay, then it's not imposter syndrome. If you're actually doing it, then that's how do we like optimize and do it better. So I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's mikecrock.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Well, does the thought ever go through your head as well? Like, did we get lucky? Well, I don't feel like we were crazy successful. Like we got it. No, but any success though, any success though, like if you hit the radio or MTV, like that's a, that's a level, that's a milestone, right? So yeah, that's true. Did we get lucky or did we have, you know? Yeah, there's definitely a lucky element and I can trace back the exact chain of events that led to some of those successes, right? So there's luck and there was like, wow, we tried 15 things and one of them worked and then we wound up on radio. So it's like, as long as you can find that one thing, then objectively it worked, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I just think it's interesting to look under the surface of like how much churn does there need to be before you get traction? I think of it in those terms. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this because we were having some breakthroughs. I have a platform. It's a new tech platform called Blueprinted. And Blueprinted is basically a marketplace where people can put their how they built it in there, step-by-step processes to how they got to, to the place that they got to. And I'm intrigued by this because we're seeing breakthroughs from people that have never really documented their process before, but they want to share how they got there with people and then sell that blueprint, right? That's and what we're seeing, awesome. yeah, the creators are actually like, holy cow, I could, I could replicate this. I could do it again if I had to. And they didn't realize that. So that's why I asked that question. It's like, we have to go back sometimes because it's all up here for most of us until yep. you start to realize how important it is to document your journey. You know? Oh, so 100%. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with both why I started writing a book, which was, you know, fast forward after the music, I had started or co-founded like four different businesses in my 20s, was traveling the world for months at a time. And right before I wrote the book, I had built and sold an online dropshipping company that did over half a million in revenue in the first year. And I was like, I should just document exactly how I did that. Because before I get involved in something else, before I get into the next project, I know exactly what I did. And so I started documenting it. And then that evolved into a book as I added more personal story. And I worked with a publisher and an editor and went through the process as an author. Um, but now it's, yeah, it's very rewarding to work with other authors to help document what it is they're truly great at and package it in a way that other people can shorten the learning curve, get a better outcome, whatever that means, faster and with less pain and improve some area of, of their life or health or relationship. So. Yeah. So we believe that all nonfiction books need to be turned into a blueprint because some people like to read, which is great, or listen to audio. Others would just love to know, like, let's cut out all the fluff and just give me the steps. And so that, that's what we did blueprinted for. And I had this in mind because as I was writing my book and I was reading other people's books and I was taking digital courses like you know, uh, Kajabi or, or even Lightspeed where they have a system, right? Brad likes to call that a system, not a course platform. People needed to just get to the granular details of step-by-step processes. Yep. And they could actually probably write a book if they just put their steps first, not, not the book first. And bl- so there's so many different ways. 
And then, so this is the process that I was going through when, when we created this tech platform. So how did you get into what you're doing now with publishing and, and helping people market their books? Yeah, exactly. So as I sat down to document the process of starting a business, it was a USB flash drives. We did wholesale flash drives. We had companies and universities as clients, and they'd order 500, 1,000, 5,000 branded flash drives. So we had a whole dropship set up from China to the world, and it all worked online. So I was documenting that step by step, and that grew into my own book, which catalyzed my publishing journey. As I became an author and sort of stepped out from behind the scenes of just the operational role entrepreneurially, I started to like, wow, going on podcasts and talking about my story. These weren't parts of my experience as much in my 20s. It was more start, build the business, get traction, figure it out, and then have a fun life, not like share the, the key lessons and document it for, for legacy and so forth. So it really was going through the experience as an author that catalyzed, wow, if I was a publisher, I'd do it so different. You know that thought we all have as entrepreneurs? And so as friends of mine that were working on books were saying, asking for my advice, asking for tips on book marketing, eventually they started to say, can you just do it for me? And I was like, what do you mean? Like write the book? They're like, no, no, no. Like everything else, the, the editing, the marketing, the, the distribution, the printing. And I was like, eventually started saying yes. And so for seven years, we've had done for you publishing. So pretty much our primary and only service offering at Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. But now we have an international distribution and sales team and publish about 25 books a year by entrepreneurs, health and wellness experts, and people in the self-help and spirituality genres. Yeah. So when, when somebody writes a book, what's the average, like really when people are coming out and they're not like a celebrity book sales that they sell full price, not the 99 cents or, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, not just, and by the way, by the way, by the way, Jesse, not just yours, not, I'm not talking about yours, you know, your agency I'm talking about across the board. Yeah. Across the board, it's good to know that like numbers in books are very different than other media. Like if you have a, an album and, and a record, right? A platinum record is a million album sales, but you could have a New York Times bestselling book with 15,000 book sales being logged in a week. And so Wall Street Journal is probably six to 7,000 unit sales being logged in a week. Book sales are tracked weekly. USA Today is maybe 4,000 or so. And so if you think like, okay, 4,000 books, does that sound like a lot or not? That'll get you into a newspaper list. Um, but to sell even 1,000 books as a first-time author, full price, like not a Kindle promotion, that's an accomplishment too, because that's 1,000 individual people, right? So the confounding thing I find with books is it's a low price, low margin item as a product with high value and amazing positioning and potential for the author and value for the reader, but it's very difficult to make substantial money just from book sales. So the perspective I take with that in mind is if you sell a thousand books, which would be an admirable number right out of the gate, you should be able to convert twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars or more of business revenue, provided that you've thought about how does this book position somebody to be my perfect client or Put another way, if somebody read this book and they're like, oh my God, I want to work with Rock, or I want, I want Jesse to help me launch my lifestyle entrepreneur business. That's the thought that a reader will have after they've read your book. And then that's the positioning that can let you make way more than just the book sale. So it's kind of a long answer, but it's important because you know a thousand right. books sold is respectable. 5,000 books sold is a commercial success for any 
publisher, 10,000 and above, and you've done something really good. And even the biggest books, you know, debut at 20, 30,000 units in a week. There's only maybe one to five books at a time doing more than that. So, anyways, I hope that's helpful to. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it is because it it wakes people up a little bit to to the uh, fact that, you know, you don't make money from the book sales necessarily unless you're a celebrity and or get a book deal, right? And it's what you can do afterwards and how, come, how much juice can you squeeze out of that orange, right? Oh, yeah. how, how can you repackage it, repurpose it? And do you help your clients with that part after the book goes to basically running a business off of it, like kind of guiding them with that too? Yeah. I mean, we focus on that from the start almost, and then we keep focusing on it after the book's published. But six months out, we're looking at like, what are the business offers, maybe two to three business offers that complement with the book? And where do you want to be seen and heard for your book? So the media plan. So we'll look at podcasts for sure, broadcast media, print media, and pick a channel to focus on. Maybe it's blogs or written media, and then go and do a whole channel push, um, but also look at how the business offers are positioned. So that can mean right inside the front cover, having a full page offer with a discount. If you like the book, you'll love the course. Get 30% 30% off as a valuable reader. And or you could embed throughout the book for additional resources and you know, hands-on training. Don't forget to visit my site where readers get a, you know, a special discount. So you can seed your business offers in without being too salesy, but it just, I help think like that and take that approach. And then you start to get those better business outcomes automatically. Well, as we wind this down before my last question, I want to ask you, the best way for people to reach you and engage with you further. Well, thanks for having me on. Hope this has been fun yeah, and valuable. Man, absolutely. Lifestyleentrepreneurspress.com. You can check us out. Maybe we can link it up. Do a search for me, Jesse Krieger, if you want. I've done a bunch of interviews, a lot of free training available. And I, you know what? I, for everybody that's an author or aspiring author, we can gift transformational author marketing. It's a course that I created with New York Times bestselling author, George Bryant, and we can hook you all up. And it'll go more into depth in all these different strategies, the business, the branding, and the book itself, how to make it great. All right, guys, go get it. If you're interested in writing a book, well, even if you're not interested, get interested because it's, it's definitely worth it. Everybody should have a podcast. Everybody should have a book. Everybody. I believe everybody. So figure that out, but reach out to Jesse. And Jesse, final question, what's the vision for the future for you now? Like, What do you have your eyes set, set on right now? Sure. We haven't gone into it on this call, but I'm also really involved in blockchain, crypto, and the convergence of content, books, authors with blockchain and what you can do with those possibilities. It's amazing for what you can have for royalties and passive income streams. So maybe a prelude for what's coming next is how content creators can take advantage of NFTs and digital assets for new ways to earn. Yeah, I love it, man. Staying with the trends right now. Phenomenal opportunity for that. Just the same as in the mortgage, uh, not mortgage, the music. I'm in the mortgage business, the music business. Like the music business has an opportunity big time with this as well, right? Like oh, yeah. And what Some really yeah. innovative musicians putting out albums as an NFT or giving exclusive passes to shows or different ways to interact with fans. It's all possible. And I think it'll become much more mainstream in coming years. Awesome. All right, guys, go check out Jesse Krieger. He gave you the information. We'll be uh, you know, obviously putting this in the show notes and all that, how to reach Jesse. Jesse, thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. And if there's anything we could ever do for you here to support, you got us, man. If you show up on my show and you're a good person, you know, we're in your corner. So 
Thank you so much, Jesse. Thank you as well, man. And same offer back right back at you. Thank you, man. Thank you guys for listening today. Thank you. Keep coming back. Go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, go to YouTube, Mike Searock, Scirocco. Go sh- Basically, I want you to go there, by the way, to watch these because you got to see our faces because we have faces for TV, not radio. So go there and subscribe as well. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike croc.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.